uh, with a lot of time off during the summer. Uh, I was doing a lot of marketing work with the Army National Guard and our primary busy seasons were the spring and fall of pretty much each year. Uh, the Guard's target audience was uh, high school students, so those were usually the best qualified you know, that they marketed to, so I guess their, their target market, so to speak. Um, the, the whole concept was lead generation, things like that, and we were trying to make the Guard look good. Uh, I guess that kind of sounds random, I realize, but basically it worked like this. The recruiters in each state would uh, put us in at their high schools, they'd get us through the door, um, we'd go all over the country, we'd do our show, impress the kids, talk about how cool the guard is, how it can help pay for college, and you know all the benefits that came with it, and that whole deal. You know, We would make them look good, and that's what we got paid to do. Um, we'd hang out with the kids afterwards, shoot the shit, and just kinda you know, do our thing, and it was a pretty cool little gig. I think we did it for like seven years or so. Um, unfortunately, all good things come to an end, and although this particular thing, it didn't have to come to an end, but it did nevertheless, and to be honest, it's a really sad story. Like it sucks. We did it for seven years. We developed this great program, and but thanks to a very awful and greedy human being that uh, lives in Miami, uh, I'll save that story for another day. But uh, trust me, it's a good one. It's a hard story to explain, and I'll probably tear up. But uh, anyway, today I want to talk about the time uh, that I what I did with my time off during those summers uh, for a few years. I'd saved up a decent chunk of money at this point, you know, working for the guard and putting my, my hard-earned dollars away, and I was looking for something to do with it. I was never really a big fan of having a whole lot of money in my checking account. Like, if it's in your checking account, it's not doing anything for you. So I always like to get it out and get it somewhere and do something with it. Um, I'm a big believer that if you can get the money to work for you, it's going to be all the better. It's not pulling the weight it probably should be if it's sitting in your uh, checking account. Uh, whether you put it in something risky or safe, you know, in the investments, that whole world, uh, I'm going to talk about that in another post. Just make sure you don't leave it sitting in some account collecting crap on interest. I mean, the interest you get on some savings account, it doesn't even beat inflation. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, put your money to work for you. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, let me stay focused. So I had, I had thought about starting some sort of business at some point, but I didn't really have my heart set on anything in particular. Like, I didn't have something I loved doing. Uh, Eventually, my dad had I, I shelved the idea or shelved the idea altogether of uh, putting together uh, or doing this business thing. But my dad actually mentioned that something about his buddy was selling a bar that was just down the road from his place in Wisconsin. And got the gears turning a little bit, and my dad had just some sort of surgery that he had going on. Had him laid off of work, and when he was actually scheduled to be better from it, the job that he had uh, was no longer available. It was like a seasonal type thing where they weren't busy, so he was laid off. So he didn't have a job at all when he was better. And he's like, I told him, I said, Dad, why don't you just buy that place? Go ahead and grab it. You know, what else do you got to do? You got some cash laying around? Let's do it, you know? And I, at the point, I wasn't planning on getting involved. So I was just looking to help him with something to do. He kicked the idea around somewhat. And I don't know, he wasn't really that sold on it. And uh we, you know, that was it. We put a pin in it. Eventually, I started thinking about it. I started weighing the pros and cons, and mostly for him, but then eventually I started applying it to myself. You know, at the time, my brother and sister were 13 and 16, I believe. You know, the prime teenage years, and my dad was a single parent trying to raise these kids. Like, it was imaginably pretty hard on him. Uh, my mom actually passed away uh, in 2008, so about four or five years prior, and it wasn't easy on my dad. You know, he was work working to raise these kids, he was trying to make money, and he was trying to help out, and I figured, you know what, this could be an excellent opportunity to pass on a little bit of wisdom that I have, and she put it on to my siblings. You know, I, I had a post yesterday about how small towns tend to be kind of close-minded, and it's hard for them to get out and learn things that 
are outside of the box, so hey, let me come on up, inject some uh, outside influence, and uh, see what I can do for everybody. Eventually, I said to my dad, I'm like, I tell you what, you want to buy that place, I'll go halves on it with you. And he says, really? And I said, why not? So I had the extra cash. I had all the time in the world in the summers, and I really wanted to spend some time with my family. So I realized that I was going to have to leave North Carolina and spend the summers at the very least, you know, so up there. But working on the building, you know, working on building a business, like I was going to have to put some serious time into it. The problem was I lived 1,700 miles away. So being that far away, you know, it's, it's not like I can commute. It's not like I can just go there on the weekends or something. So I had to make a full-on commitment. Was I going to move there for the summer or was I going to try and fly back and forth? And the latter didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I said, screw it. I just decided I was going to live there for the whole summer. Uh, you know, go, come back each year. That was my slow season. I literally had nothing to do all summer long. So, you know, not to mention Wisconsin in the summer is pretty freaking nice out. Like it's primo. Um, being from the south uh, all these last years, you know, it's it's gross down here in the summer. It sucks um, My life was pretty much wide open at any given time You know, I, I was able to get away and I figured I should seize the opportunity and kind of see what happens with it um, A lot of people don't have that luxury They can't just drop everything and go move somewhere because they they're tied down to a specific job And one of the perks of having a seasonal gig was that I could get time off to do other things so we bought the bar off my dad's friend, and when I tell you this place was a dump, I mean it. Like, the building itself was 120 years old. It used to be a post office from what I heard back in the day, like the early 1900s or something like that. Um, the town that I was going to be staying in, like where my dad lived, uh, I graduated high school from there, but I only lived there for like six months before I moved to North Carolina. But the town had 2,400 people in it, and it was 2,400 people since the 90s. It hasn't gotten any bigger, any smaller. The average age per res like of the residents there was like 54 years old. That was the average age. I don't remember exactly, but it had two stoplights. The closest Walmart was 60 miles away. The town itself, the one with 2,400 people, it was the biggest town in an hour drive in any direction. We were talking way northern Wisconsin. I don't know. Like, like you said, though, or like I said, think of Green Bay Packers. They're from the north. This is 180 miles further north than them, so... That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, anyway, the plan was to get the place fixed up, you know, just kind of see what we could do, reestablish a clientele, and basically just show the small town that we were back in business and we wanted to put this place on the map and that we had big aspirations going into it. And I feel like any business, you got to have some, some uh, big aspirations going in. Uh, Northern Wisconsin gets a lot of tourists from hunters, ATV riders, snowmobilers. Depending on the season, it seems that people from down south, like Chicago, Minneapolis, Madison, people always are coming up to do something or another. Uh, we knew we had our built-in business with the locals, but more lucratively were the tourists. When they came up and their vacations and their cabin rentals and their getaway from the city thing, like that's where we made our money on that, or that was the plan at least. Uh, the first summer I spent up there, it was mostly just lipstick on the place, fixing up the obvious things that needed to be done. Uh, we emptied all the clutter out, got it down to the bare bones. You know, there was a lot of trash, a lot of years of crap and debris, and it was a, it was a big building. Um, got a new cooler, new ice machine. We redid the women's bathroom from the ground up. You know, got to keep the women happy. Like, it was a dump. That bathroom was the grossest thing you've ever seen in any bathroom ever. Uh, absolutely, hands down. Just gross. But uh, learning how to bartend was a requirement as well, obviously. Who would have thought? Uh, I, I, this is the funny part. is uh, I had just bought, the, uh, bought a bar, and I literally had never bartended a day in my life. Ever. Like, not once had I bartended. 
Uh, I remember people would come in and they'd ask me to make some sort of this or that, a cosmopolitan or, you know, a Long Island. And I'd simply say, uh, yeah, I don't know how to make that. Can you show me? And they'd look at me all like I was crazy. They'd be like, wait, you're a bartender and you don't know how to make an old fashioned? And I straight up would reply, I'd be like, honey, I'm, just because I'm bartending does not necessarily make me a bartender. I'm just filling in for the most part. Like we had bartenders we hired, but when they weren't working, I would be in there. I just tell them I'm new and work with me. And for the most part, they were cool. If not, fuck them. <laughs> I, I didn't really say that, but I don't know. We had a lot of fun with the customers, a lot of fun with the locals and, you know, our regular clientele. And, and in case you didn't know this, for better or worse, you can drink while you bartend in Wisconsin, which is awesome, kind of, until you get too drunk and you don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, Northern Wisconsin is super lenient with it. Nobody cares. Some nights, you know, it could get kind of rough. We'd start playing dice games and shaking dice and gambling. Like, it was like a damn speakeasy at some points. Uh, the summer after our first summer, we'd gotten things going. We started on the exterior of the building. Um, remember when I said it was, it's like over 100 years old. This place, it was a relic, you know, and it was looking rough, especially on the outside to the point where it was an eyesore for some of the locals. So we went in the second summer and we ripped that entire place apart. Uh, got it really down to the bottom, you know, real solid bare bones stuff. And we ended up replacing all the windows, all of the walls, uh, all the way down to the insulation, basically on the inside on out to the outside. So like we, the siding, the wall, the moisture barrier, all that stuff, all the way down to the insulation and built it back up from there. So it's starting to look real choice by this point, about halfway through the summer. Um, still working on the clientele, still trying to build a name for ourselves. And we slaved away day in and day out. I'd work all afternoon when my dad was bartending. And then I'd bartend all evening only to get up and do it all again the next day. Like three months straight, some of the hardest work I've ever put in uh, was up there. Uh, shout out to some of the locals, you know, every now and again, we'd get a couple of drunken locals come out, help us with some random heavy lifting project, putting the sign up, like our big sign out front. And we didn't have cranes, so we had to get creative. Uh, the third summer, we actually started on the kitchen. Uh, we had no food at this point, aside from like frozen pizzas and things like that. And we knew we were missing out on some serious revenue. So we had to do something about it. We decided to redo the kitchen, but Building a kitchen was far from easy. Like when I say that, it, we literally dug down six feet, started pouring a concrete slab, like an outline where the foundation was gonna go. And then from there, we built the foundation brick up six feet to get back above the ground, filled in the dirt, and then started building the floor. Started building the walls, the roof, the siding, the interior, the electrical, the hood and anzel, the fire suppressant system. I learned more about construction during this project than I'd ever thought I'd know in my entire life. And in another video, I'll go on about how it's led me into the real estate stuff that I do as well. So being able to learn all that ended up being just invaluable. So there's so many times though, some sort of inspector would come out and we'd get in trouble because this wasn't right or that wasn't right. We'd have to tweak this or tweak that. And honestly, I almost quit probably six times that summer. Like I almost just said, screw it, I'm out. At one point I remember thinking to myself, hey, I guess we just built a sweet $30,000 office. <laughs> you know, just learning as you go, that's, that's how it comes, you know? Like I, I didn't know how to build a kitchen. I mean, we worked with people that knew what they were doing, but they were drunks as well. But I'm happy to say we finished everything, got the A-OK -okay from the inspector, and we officially, at the end of the summer, that second or no, third summer, we had a fully functioning kitchen that we were extremely proud of. All the required features, completely up to code. Inspector was loving it. It was primo. Still to this day, one of the projects I'm absolutely the most proud of. That place was just, it was just perfection. Like, I couldn't be happier with the result. 
But at the end of the day, the entire four-year project was just a massive learning experience that I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like I've used it so much since then. I mean, we did our part in restoring an otherwise condemned building and turned it into a hopping little spot that people wanted to come to. You know, it hadn't been like that in probably 20 or 30 years. People would come in, like older clientele, and they would tell us like, man, this is how it was back in the old days. We love it here. It's so great. And it was, it was just a great compliment to hear from people. You know, they came in, they were telling us all that, and it was extremely satisfying. And it just, it, it, we took it to the heart. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, I learned a ton about how business is supposed to be ran. You know, I learned books. I learned bookkeeping. I learned accounting, dealing with vendors, all that relationships. I spent a lot of quality time with my siblings, and I was able to see them both walk during graduation of high school. So that was a big one as well. Uh, a lot of people see the outcome of something and they, they, they think it might have come easy. You see it on Instagram, you see it on Facebook. or But what you don't see, what most people don't post is the journey. You know, the hard work, the blood, sweat, tears, the things that go in to making something great. You don't ever see that. That old saying that success is just the tip of the iceberg and the rest is hard work, everything else is beneath the surface. I don't know if you've seen that photo, but it's super... Super cliche, you know, but the parts that nobody sees, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you see the success at top, but it's all the stuff underneath that led to that happening. So I'm proud of that place more, and, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it. Like, I miss it. I don't get up there as much as I used to these days. You know, I haven't been up there in a while, but my dad still runs the place. So if you ever find yourself in Park Falls, Wisconsin, hit up the Outhouse Bar and Grill on County Road E, four miles west of Park Falls. And uh, tell my dad that I sent you. He may or may not buy you a drink. I'm not sure. So we'll see what his <laughs> mood is like. But I, like I said, he'd make a killer burger and he'd be stoked if he, if he said something to him. Anyways, I don't know. Packers are about to be on. I'm stoked and about to go watch that last preseason game and get him set uh, for the 2019 year. That was the other thing about the Packers was, uh, or about Wisconsin is getting into the sports culture up there and hanging out with everybody and getting pumped behind things. Like, But anyways, go Packers. I'm out.